and and the other thing you talked about was at school and school is often the time that the peer-to-peer policing really comes in because kids like rules right mm-hmm. they 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 like to know the rules kind of three four years old they're understanding all oh, right there's girls and there's boys and then all of those things that they've been given the colors the language that's used how they're encouraged to play or or actually told off for, because that's different as well, yeah. depending on boys and girls, it kind of falls into place. And it's not conscious, of course, but suddenly there's like, oh, right, so that's my side of the shop. That's your that's side your of the shop. shop. That's not, that's for, not me. for me. Welcome to season two of Do Good and Do Well. My name is Sarah Fox and I'm a life and leadership coach and founder of the Do Good and Do Well community. And this is a podcast where we explore how to be a changemaker without losing yourself. Let's get to it. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode. How are you today? We have just opened up as a country. I'm not calling it you know what day for all sorts of reasons. And I just wanted to check in with you and hope that you're checking in with yourself, checking in that you're okay and just thinking about what you need and asking for what you need as well. So today I'm talking to Claire Willits. Claire is the founder of Not Only Pink and Blue, which is challenging stereotypes in early years. They have several pillars and one of those is their marketplace for children's clothes, books and toys, challenging the tradition of dressing girls in pink and boys in blue. And she says, after all, there are 11 colours and over 10 million shades to choose from. As well as all the colours, she wants to see more inclusive books with diverse role models and toys that feed imaginations. Following this conversation, we popped over to Instagram and did a live together, digging a little deeper into some of the things we talked about. So if you are on Instagram and you'd like to see that, pop over there and you'll find it in my IGTV. And also just to say that I seem to be in a very noisy place at the moment. I've got seagulls in the garden. My dog is chewing a frozen toy outside because she's very hot and my neighbours are building a house. So I hope that's not too off-putting, but it is life. All right, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello, Claire, and welcome to the Do Good and Do Well podcast. How are you today? I'm very well. Thank you very much. I'm so happy the sun is shining. (laughs) Yes, and we were just talking earlier, weren't we? Because you live now in the place that I grew up, which is beautiful Dorset, um, and talking about how much the sea means to us oh yes I do and having so lived in London for quite a long time I also grew up in Dorset so it's so nice to be back and the sea like you is something that I just love to be around it's my happy place Mm. just even if it's a pebbly beach with a fierce sea I'm happy to just sit there and listen and take it in so yeah it's, (laughs) it's good to be back Here's to the sea. In fact, I I had my first sea swim a couple of days ago. I've been meaning to go in for ages, but I I went in and it was glorious. It was so nice. So, Claire, what would you like people to know about you? That's a big question, (laughs) isn't it? Um, I guess, given the theme of what we're talking about, um, 
definitely about uh, kind of my mission, I guess, and the and the change that I'm looking to make in the world, which is the driver for the business that I set, which is not only pink and blue. And we are about challenging stereotypes in those early years from birth. Um, and we've been doing kind of lots of things, lots of areas. But the one that we're probably most known for um, at the moment is the marketplace, not only pinkandblue.com. Um, and the premise in that is quite simply that all colours are for all children, all toys, books, clothes are for all children. And so we don't have girl boy filters on the site. So it sounds very simple, but actually when you look at most of the places you would buy for children, you're forced into a girl boy decision very early. So whether that's a filter on a site, often that's like one of the first choices you have to make. Or if you're in store, there's a very clear kind of essentially pink side and blue side. And and unfortunately, because someone else has chosen the products that are available in those sections, that you might not be aware, but they are often reinforcing stereotypes. And so we are here to challenge that buying behaviour and, and make everything available to all children. Yeah. What's important for you about challenging those stereotypes? It's interesting because, so, I mean... I'm often asked, is this something that happened you got interested in when you started having children? And the reality is I look back and I go, actually, I was the 13-year-old at school petitioning the headmaster so that girls could wear trousers. We had that below-the-knee box pleat grey skirt that we had to wear, but we were sitting in sports halls that were leaky-roofed for our assemblies and going, this is impractical and freezing. And thankfully, he listened and the uniform policy was changed, which is great. And I still hear of people doing that now. Mm. But then when I did, was out buying presents for friends who were having children before I was, I walked into this very stark world, this pink blue. And I knew it was there, right? We all know it's there. But it was so stark. And I didn't want to buy pink. I didn't want to buy blue. And I didn't want to buy bunnies or grey either, which was my other options. Yeah. So that's where the, the thinking about it started. But um, but at the time, I was also, I was managing partner at MNC Saatchi, which is a big advertising agency. And I would spend a lot of time talking with clients about the fact that, you know, where are senior females? So what can we do? What are the women in business initiatives? All of those types of things. And at the same time, the the charity and government clients were telling us that they were seeing the highest young male suicide rate they'd ever seen. And at this point, obviously, we're tackling that adult level, which is great. But I was starting to do research into kids because I wanted to know, am I worrying about pink, blue for no real reason? It's just some colours or is there more to it? And I was finding some worrying statistics. It does affect aspirations, confidence, mental well-being. And things like, you know, by the age of seven, girls are losing their confidence. Yeah. They believe that boys are betting them at pretty much everything. And that's a worry. Boys on the counter side, often you're finding that they don't have emotional literacy. They can't talk about other emotions other than actually anger. Um, and so there are lots of studies looking at all these different things. And, and of course, I've not got causal studies, right? I'm not saying because of that, therefore, this is the case. But you're going, well, actually... If at seven years old, you're already losing your confidence, we're trying to tackle something. There's, you know, there's a lot about talked about imposter syndrome and things like that. We're trying to tackle something at adult level. Actually, why don't we instill confidence early? And then I started to look at the, the influence of those colours. What happens to those? Well, interestingly, obviously, the colours themselves aren't an issue. 
It's what they get imbued into them. So that language that we use. And the fascinating thing is, of course, in the late 1800s, blue was the girl's colour and pink was the boy's colour. Why? Because pink was strong and vibrant and blue was passive and and kind of quiet. So the language was the same, but the colours were the other way around. So I was like, okay, well, the problem here is like some of the language that we use and um, and actually the way that we then put that into the thing. So then I started to look at gender disguise studies, which is all about what type of toys do adults give children when they believe they are a girl or a boy, whether they are or not? And also, how do they play with them? And that's very interesting. Adults, even if they say, oh, I don't adhere to stereotypes, play differently and give different toys mm. to children who they believe are a girl or a boy. And so you start to go, OK, well, there's lots of influences here. And then you look at books and then then you start to start to look at the slogans on T-shirts and cartoons and everything. And suddenly you're in this world of it's everywhere, right? Yeah. Think about any of our fairy stories. What do we set up? So, so then I was like, okay, well, actually, we have to change this. And and so for me, that key way was buying behaviour because if we can move away from that, there are lots of things to tackle. Obviously, mm-hmm. loads of great organisations doing brilliant things out there in schools and lobbying and all of those things. But actually, if we can tackle that buying behaviour, it would it would help. So, what I'd love to do is change that buying behaviour. And then we've got a couple of other things that we're looking at as well from from a brand perspective to also kind of really help drive change. So, Mm. Wow, yeah. There's so much that I'm thinking about my own experiences growing up. I'm thinking about my own experiences as a parent and my experiences buying for my children but others and and I it's funny you say about the petitioning for the the uniform policy because I did exactly the same when I was at when I was at mid uh, it was middle school that we had and um I got a got loads of signatures from parents and children and we said why are girls not allowed to wear trousers this is silly and they changed the policy um yes which is amazing but well hilariously my daughter refuses to wear trousers um yeah. <laughs> now she she just never wants to wear them all of these experiences as you say are instilled in, in such an early point of our lives and I remember walking into mother care when I was a new mum and getting really irritated because I only had the choice of blue pink or that sort of very pale yellow colour yeah and thinking I you know and this was how long ago is this so we're talking sort of 11 years ago now yeah. And it, it feels to me like there's both a lack of choice for parents, but also a lack of choice for children, because there's a sense of, there can be a sense of shame, I think, that comes from if you want to be different. And of course, you're not different. You might just like dinosaurs or you might just like dollies. With my son, for example, when he was very small, he had his nails painted he carried dollies pushed prams all of that sort of stuff and then suddenly I think it was when he went to school suddenly none of that could happen yeah and I think you've I mean you've touched on one of the key things there and it's shame Mm. and and the other thing you talked about was school and school is often the time that the peer-to-peer policing really comes in because kids like rules right Mm. they 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 
would like to know the rules. Her three, four years old, they're understanding, oh, right, there's girls and there's boys. And then all of those things that they've been given, the colours, the language that's used, how they're encouraged to play or or actually told off for, because that's different as well, yeah. <laughs> depending on boys and girls, it kind of falls into place, right? And it's not conscious, of course, but suddenly there's like, oh, right, so that's my side of the shop. That's your side of the shop. That's, that's not for me. And and similar to what you're saying, I get I get a lot of people saying to me, yeah, but if a girl wants football, she can just go over there and get a football. If she wants the top with the tractor on, she can just walk over there and get the one with the tractor on. I'm like, yeah, and some kids do. Of course some kids do. But that is a big thing to do. Mm-hmm. If we think about it as adults, if we're in a situation where everyone is doing this particular thing and it's very clear to us we should be doing this, for us to step out of that and go over there and go, actually, no, I'm not going to do this with you guys. I'm going to go over there with people who I'm, I'm clearly, it's not for me, but I'm going to go and do it. That's difficult, right? Mm. As a kid who wants to fit in and is being told at school or wherever by other children, you know, that's not for you. Why have you got short hair? You're a girl or, you know, you shouldn't be playing with a doll. You're a boy, whatever. Actually, that's incredibly difficult. Mm. That is a big ask, Mm. right? It is because... I think people forget that. Yeah, and we're human beings. We're social beings. One of our biggest drivers is, is feeling like we belong. We belong in a place. And we like to be with people generally who are like us. And to step out of that is incredibly difficult because a whole load of fear comes about being rejected and feeling like we don't belong. So you're absolutely right. As adults, that's tricky. And so for children who are developing their identity and trying to make sense of the world... Totally. Yeah. That's it. And so... So for me, if we if we removed that, if we created a place where actually it were a way that it didn't matter, everything is there for everyone and children can choose because my view is children just need to choose and it doesn't matter. If they want to be a pink-wearing, fairy-dressing-up, dancing girl, brilliant. Yeah. As long as they have been, they've had the choice available to them to do all those other things, what we'd likely find really is that they probably do dress up all like that and want to do those things. But they also quite like to kick a football sometimes. Mm. They also like to climb to the top of the climbing frame, you know. Yeah. We'll probably find that actually all those things mix in yeah. when you give them the opportunity to do that. And really interestingly, so the way, unfortunately, obviously lockdown happened. So the way I was going to launch my business was actually setting up play spaces with the products and the clothes and the kids could come in and it was just literally set up in a way that was not divided at all. And children could come in and just play and try things on and do whatever. Fortunately, I couldn't do it because of lockdown and COVID and all of those things. But what I did do was, yeah, when things were a bit more open, last year, uh, kind of late in the summer, I did a photo shoot and I did it in that way. So I did it kind of timed. I had families in specifically kind of on their own, cleaned in between, etc. Um, but I set it up like that and so and I just got a photographer and I said just take photos Mm. let's just see what the kids do and take photos and I can't tell you literally the first two kids in it was a three a four and a two-year-old two boys very first thing they picked up the dolls I'm not joking because they weren't laid out in any way it was literally just a whole load of stuff course they played on the on the balance board you know they tried on stuff they did all of the other things too but that was the first thing they did. Equally, there were three sisters who came in. And one of the first things they did was jump on the balance board, really physical. And it's just, 
and and again it's because there was no division Mm -hmm. and and actually it was really heartening to see because you're like I don't know what kids are going to do who knows but it was great because they they actually did behave in a way that I was hoping they would Mm. and 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 of course again they also played with the dolls they also read different books they also tried on all the different clothes but it was they all played with everything as they Mm. wanted to rather than feeling like oh I don't think I should play with that because that's not on my side so so it was fascinating and I want to do more of that when we can be a Mm. bit more um open and everyone can kind of play a bit more then yeah I'd love to do it again as a as a full piece yeah yeah you're right choices seem so prosaic you can um have this or this you can love dolls or dinosaurs um and why not both and actually giving our young people our children the confidence to yeah choose and be okay with that and know that they can still belong and they are who they are and and that's okay Claire what does do good and do well mean for you I think this is such again it's another big question you've got all the big questions (laughs) (laughs) I think for me so I think I've always had a real kind of driver to do something which makes change I guess and is and is kind of does some good for the world I said I guess leave a legacy and um you know I had quite a corporate career through advertising worked at Virgin Group as well and and obviously there's a lot of lot of people there who are quite entrepreneurial and Mm. philanthropic as well but I think I just had to find the thing that I was really passionate about and I've been passionate about this obviously for most of my life and so for me doing good is making a difference and that can be small or big really Mm. I mean it's so great when I get I get quite a lot of messages through Instagram and Facebook from people saying you've really helped you've really helped me understand how to talk about this with other people because I I didn't know how to do it and and I've got I guess you could say quite a soft approach in a way, because I think that we need to make people aware of this issue, because I think a lot of us aren't aware, because why would we be? We've grown up all in the same world and it's all around all of us. So it is completely pervasive. And it's not until you start to see it and start to hear some of the language that you go, oh, and then you can't, you start to not be able to unsee it. Mm -hmm. But even then, even if you're, I mean, I'm hyper aware, right? Because I've read the studies looked at the stuff you know I'm I'm really in this and and I make mistakes all the time and well I, I wouldn't call them mistakes actually it's just I think things and go oh god why am I thinking like that I say things oh why have I said that you know yeah. I, I have the same trip up I'm out buying presents for my kids friends birthdays I second guess myself you know should I buy that because they might get annoyed this and that's the stuff that I would love us to be able to eradicate actually Mm. but of course it's in all of us so 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 I think so I love that you know even those those messages for me make a massive difference getting those from people individuals saying this is really helping you know I, I know how to talk about this now I now know how I can challenge my friends and my family on some of their thinking without being you know, antagonistic and and causing an argument, which is great because we don't want to fall out with our friends and family. Of course we don't. But we would like them to think differently sometimes. So that's great. 
do well. I think do well is the hard bit, actually. <laughs> I think lots of people know the good they want to do in the world and what they want to kind of change. Do well, do well, do it well, I guess. I'd l- I want to make sure I'm doing it well and being, yeah, kind of all of those things I talk about. You talked before we came on about your own wellness and and actually it's quite interesting when you say that because I we talked about the fact that actually when you're doing something to help make change or to drive societal change, it can become all consuming mm-hmm. and overwhelming because it's huge, right? God, this is a massive issue. How on earth am I going to help drive change in this? And also it's with you all the time, not only you running your own business, but also it's like, it's everywhere, right? So you can't help but not be in it wherever you are or whatever you're doing. And I've got several friends who'll be like, oh God, I shouldn't have said that in front of you. It's like, oh no, you can say it. Now you just need to rethink what you've said. Yeah, let's have a reframe. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so for me, do good and do well would be do the good in the world, help make the change, but do it well. So I think do it with consideration yeah. and and do it um, as inclusively as possible to take people with you on the journey. That for me would be how I would sum that up. Mm. But I, I think that actually your question is slightly different. So, yeah. Well, it's, 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 I think it's all of the things. And that's why I love this podcast is that everybody has a slightly different take on it. And often that, that question about the quality of the work that we're producing and the you know are we being considerate and there's also there's a funny thing around you know are we actually doing the good that we think we're doing and who are we doing it for and are we kind of doing good on others as opposed to with others there's lots and lots of questions that come under that that phrase what would you in terms of consideration and and being inclusive what would you say are the key things for you to consider within that so I mean it's definitely about taking people on that journey because you can I mean you can get incredibly antagonistic and argumentative about a lot of this stuff because you know it's you know is everywhere in the kind of long-term effects and it can be seen and and especially when there's some incredibly pressing things that really we need to change really quickly but I think for me anyone who's kind of you know parents and carers and those with children actually the majority of people want to do the best for their kids and the reality is that there is a lot to think about Mm. there is an awful lot to think about and to then add another layer of oh now I've got to got to I've got to go to two sides of the shop when I you know need to buy a t-shirt that's a lot to add to people um, you know, oh, I've got to question my friends when they give these gifts. That feels really ungrateful. You know, just all of those things. So we need to think about how we approach those things. How do we talk about it? How do we make sure that actually it's not another thing for parents to think about mm. or you know, another another thing to add to their load, which often you can feel like, you know, you read something else, you're like, oh, God, now I've got to think about that too. You know, now that's got another thing. You know, we've got... And, and parents put a lot of pressure on themselves and carers put a lot of pressure on themselves anyway. So, yeah. so I'm conscious in the fact that I don't want to add to that. Mm. Um, so I very much say things like, if people are like, oh God, I'm going to have to throw out all my books and buy new books. I'm like, you don't. You can use the books you've got for discussions about all of these things. Yeah. You can 
kids are brilliant at questioning, right? So if you can have a discussion with them, take any fairy tale, literally any fairy tale, and, and you can talk about all of these kind of stereotypes and everything in there. All you need to do is ask a few questions. Oh, who seems to be the person who's always doing the sweeping up, for example? Who are the, is it fair that that person is waiting for someone to come and rescue them? Who would you want to be in this story? Mm. How would you change the story? Would you change the ending? What kind of relationship have they got there? You know, all of those types of things. They're, you know, even the youngest children, as long as they can, you know, talk a bit and understand, they can talk about that too. And you can have all those discussions. And actually, as soon as you start to question them with those things, and then give them some real world counter examples. So some of those things that happen. So, I mean, a classic one is cleaning pretty much every fairy tale. Anywhere there's cleaning, it's always a woman, right? So if you've got if you've got a male and a female in your household, you can counter that easily by both of you doing those things. So, you know, so oh well, that seems a bit strange because mummy and daddy's both clean or whoever is in your household. And so they can so they start to go, oh yeah, that is strange. So it's all of those practical little real world examples, questioning, encouraging them to question. And I think if we can get our children to the point where they are they are literally questioning back. So yeah. someone says to them, you can't do that because you're a girl or a boy or you can't have a haircut like that because of whatever, then then they can say, but well, hold on, that's that's not true because nanny's got short hair and, you know, so-and-so's got short hair and hair's just hair, right? Mm-hmm. Just... If they are just having those conversations back in when that peer-to-peer policing comes up, because it will, then then they are they're on that journey. Mm. They're questioning it, but also they're encouraging others to question it too. So mm. and that doesn't have to be antagonistic in any way. It can be quite but that doesn't make, make any sense to me. I don't you know, I don't understand. So because I can show you examples of where that's not true. Mm. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that, that developing those skills around questioning, about being really curious and giving them the language so that they can, they can do that. How focused you are as well. This is such a big topic. It could be really overwhelming because there's so much to do. It's like there are there are systems and structures that need to be challenged as well. And you're very focused in talking about the buying behaviour and we're giving parents a kind of easier time so that it's all available. And I like that you, because I think, I think I'm right in saying on your website you can you can filter through categories. So if a child likes I don't know sport or something, they could go for that. Or if a child likes unicorns, they can go for that as opposed to filters. You say girls and boys. Yeah. And and one of the things I talk a lot about with my clients is really getting focused on what are the things you can do something about because they are huge topics and. Yeah we can't do all of it it's impossible so what are the things that we can do and so for you really focused and and bringing all that experience that you have in your you know both as a as a child and those experiences and what you've done in the corporate world it sounds like that you've ended up in the right place 
for you. Would that be fair? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people get this. So you're kind of running your own business and then you'll get these job alerts come up through LinkedIn or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, that's, you know, when I was 10 years ago in my career, if that brand had come up, I would have been like, oh yeah, like I definitely want to apply for that. And and I look at them and I go, oh God, that sounds really interesting. And then I read it and then I go, yeah, it's like, it's not this, is it? Like it's not, you know, because it is, it's quite a good check back in a way to go, well, yeah, because I definitely would have been interested in that. And then you go, yeah, it sounds really interesting. Yeah, but it's not what I want to do. Yeah. So it, and it is, it is fascinating because you do, yeah, I do feel like I've ended up in the right place tackling something I'm really passionate about. And you're right, really kind of focusing in, although we are also looking at kind of other bits of this puzzle to mm. um, to challenge that too. So I'm just um, almost about to launch a parental leave programme pilot, which is about getting the knowledge into all parents as opposed to focusing on mums yeah. and maternity and really try and challenge that parental leave gap that we've got mm. at the moment. So that's the kind of pre-birth bit. Yeah. And then this is the kind of from birth bit. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, there'll be a thing about tackling communications as well at some point. But that's yeah. going to be the third pillar. But, yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing. That you, you know, if you, can, if you know that there's much more to come, but you're, you're focused on the, you know, you're getting your foundation, you're building your community, yes. you're building your audience, who will then share that with others. And then yeah. all of that work will be a really good, solid foundation for when you... Yeah launch the parental leave and the the communicate I mean yes communication that, that's a big old one but very <laughs> important <laughs> very yes. important one um <laughs> what are the things you do to keep well and and because you know all of this requires a lot of energy so what are your top yeah. tips to keep yourself well are you good at it <laughs> <laughs> I think to a certain degree um <laughs> No judgment. <laughs> I th- I'm <laughs> I'm a big outdoors person. So for me, I have to get outdoors every day, regardless of the weather. And as a family, we're happier outdoors. So like I'm a kind of get the kids out of the house person. We're not the let's have a lazy day indoors people. That just doesn't work for us. So I try and get out and go for a walk every day. Um, as much as I can, obviously, being where I am, getting to the sea. Mm-hmm. Water for me is a real it's just a real mental health aid I mean it just you know if I'm around water I'm at water whether that's a river a lake a stream the sea that's really key for me so um and then I'm going to try tonight for the first time my husband and I are going to go and have a paddleboard lesson which I've been interested in for ages but again living where we live we're like right okay let's go and try it out see if See if we're any good. See if we can even do it. I like watch these people standing on these paddleboards going, wow, they look amazing. Um, So, yeah. So, again, like trying new stuff Mm. is, again, is like, because it's really, it's really good for you. It's good for your brain. It's good for your body. It's like something completely different. Never Mm. done it before. But I, I love that. I love kind of learning. So, and this is a different type of learning. So just, I think, getting out a bit out of your comfort zone as well Mm. in things like that. So for me, I mean, the key thing for me is, get outside yeah I mean I yeah. have to be outside whether that's walking or cycling or whatever so mm. it just yeah. occurred to me as you were talking then about gender stereotypes in wellness 
And when we think about women and like them taking care of themselves, it's often candles, a glass of bubbly, a bubble bath. Yeah, Um, Yeah. so true. And and for maybe the the conversation around men and wellness is that I'm trying to think what that might be. Is that you know the kind of stereotype gym going to the gym exercise? Yeah, run running. Um, yeah, the exercise, the physical, the outdoors, climbing mountains, yes. that kind of thing. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I hadn't really considered that yeah. before. I mean, I, so I have true, to yeah. say, I do love a bath and I do love a daytime bath. There is something I feel yeah. that's always very luxurious. Um, it's indulgent. <laughs> it's indulgent. Yeah. It is, um, but in a good way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think even... When you think about buying gifts for male or female friends and the sort of those choices, we've been buying presents for the children's teachers this week. Mostly there's been a kind of candle or incense and all female teachers. How We've got that to change as well, Claire. We totally have. I know. I know. We only go up to 10 years old. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. There is a whole... um, Thing. I mean, I've got a little bit of a thing about flowers because I'm not the biggest flower person, to be honest, and never really have been. And I'm not very green fingered. So the likelihood is, I'm sorry, they're probably not going to last as long as they should. And so um, yeah. so I have a person who's like, I kind of prefer a bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> or something else. But um, but yeah, so again, but then you feel really ungrateful, right? Because you're like, oh God, you know, it's just, I probably should like the flowers, but I, it's just not really my thing yeah but, yeah um you know sorry to anyone who sent me flowers but I didn't. they were lovely but <laughs> well that's it isn't it because um, then we start to question and that's the, where this overthinking can come in because yes you know of course we're grateful and I'm grateful for anyone thinking about me and buying yes. something for me or or yes. doing something for me but we can also just notice what we like and what we prefer and it's that shame thing again it's like shame of not being grateful enough shame of getting buying someone the wrong thing or doing something or saying something and having this much more open conversation where we can say look we're we're trying to make it better we're trying to make it we're trying to build equity we're trying to create a world where everybody feels that they belong and we're not so hemmed in by these very narrow boundaries yes and it's not particularly creative either no it's not it's not and it's and it I just find it fascinating so one of the things I always talk about with people is back to boys and dolls so boys get either kind of essentially it is a shame but it's also humiliated often out of wanting to play with dolls and prams and and that can either just be a reaction because kids are very good at picking up facial expressions and tone um or it can be an out and out that's not for you that's a girl's toy but then I always say to people so how do you want them to be if they become a dad how do you want them to be with younger siblings how do you want them to be with any cousins or younger friends or because if you want them to be caring and you want them to to look after other children or potentially their own children in the future, why would you shame them out of that? I find it very strange. And then you go, well, hold on. 
men don't take parental leave. Well, yeah, but since they were 18 months old, they've been very clearly told that looking after children, looking after babies is not for them. Mm. Very clearly. Lots, lots of small boys have had them, you know, perhaps like ripped out of their hands. Yeah. You know, whoa, that's not for you. You see it in shops. I mean, it's just like, whoa. So then you're fighting that for the next however many years, you know, 30, 35 years, for them to go, well, yeah, I learned very early it wasn't for me. So, so there's this kind of really weird, why would we do that? Because actually it's a lovely thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like they want to look after a little baby. Why? What's wrong with that? It's showing that they're caring. It's really good for their social skills. It's great for um, their dexterousness because actually what they do is they undress and dress children. So that's another great benefit. There's so many great benefits. For, mm. They actually they play through things that have happened to them as well. So it might be something that's happened with another child. They'll play it through with a doll. Great. That's a brilliant learning experience. So all these things that, you know, you just can actually, why would we not want any children to do that? I, I, so, so once you start to break down the why would you not want yeah. it, people start to go, it's exactly what you said. It's coming back to that kind of shame thing and that rigid boxes that we're placing that we really don't need to because kids will decide. I mean, there'll be a point where they don't want to play with dolls anymore and then they might come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just let, let's, let them do that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and if I think about my daughter, so, you know, we tried as much as possible to provide lots of different choice of toys. Yeah. We were, I think we were pretty aware. And then it was a very pink phase. It was a very, like, Frozen yeah. had oh, come out when she was tiny. Yes. There were yes. lots of Disney princesses stuff going yeah. on and... Yeah, we had many dresses, all that kind of stuff, and it was very pink. And then I think she was about eight or nine, maybe, and it was like, no, (laughs) I'm not doing pink anymore. And she's absolutely thrilled. She goes to secondary school in September, and the uniform is black, and all black, and she could not be happier (laughs) about this because now that's what she's experimenting with. You know, now that's what she's playing with in terms of her identity and... That's and what it. do I like and what, what I don't like. And, um, yeah, and it's such a formative time, isn't it, for them? And we yeah. have to allow them that sense that they can just test and try things out. And it's okay if they suddenly don't like something else yes. because change is okay. My daughter's the oldest and then I have my son who's younger and mm. they're their sense of identity and who they connect with and how they play is so different. It's so different. And it will be fascinating to see whether our messaging around equality and all of that sort of stuff, what impact that has when they come into adulthood, when they start to really form, you know, become who they are a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it will have influence. It definitely will. And in a really positive way, mm. because what you're saying is what you might see around you, what you might experience are these limitations. But the reality is they're not there. You can you can do and try and, like you say, change your mind. Changing your mind is such an important piece in this. Just because you like that particular thing that week doesn't mean you have, that's it for now. That's it for you forever. And this fits into that but I I have a thing about these kind of labels of character as well 
So, you know, shy, they're shy. Mm. Or, you know, or they're confident, they're bossy. Actually, yeah, bossy, I hate them, bossy. <laughs> I'm always like assertive, yeah. future CEO, yeah. But with those labels, that, that they can create a self-perpetuating prophecy. But the reality is that everyone feels those things in different situations at different times. So to label a child as that particular thing, I think is is quite a strange thing to do because, yeah, they might be really confident in that particular situation, maybe going in and meeting new people, might not be so confident, you know, I don't know, learning lines for a play, for example, mm. you know, just, and, and of course, and all of us as adults, we can experience that too. We all know that there are some situations we're incredibly confident in, and there are other situations where actually we kind of sit back a bit because we're like, not quite comfortable here. Why do we, it's, why do we label children a certain way and then, and then go, oh yeah, no, that's just, oh, that's just because they're shy. That's just, that's just because they're confident. Mm. No, because in another situation, they'll be completely mm. opposite. And so, so it, again, it falls into this boxing kids mm. in. And I think, I certainly talk to my kids about, you'll feel different in different situations. This for you might be really scary. For someone else, it might not be. But actually, that other thing that you're doing is fine for you, but that's really scary for them. That doesn't make you a scared person. It yeah. just means that that is just a situation that you're not yet comfortable in. Mm. But you will be, or you might not be, and then you might not want to do it. That's fine. It's those types of things that, again, if we can remove some of these boxes that we place around, mm. especially kids, and just and let them explore a bit more with a kind of positivity behind it, then, um, yeah, I think it would take away some of that shaming mm. that we see and hear. Mm. And as you're talking, I'm thinking of how many limiting beliefs I hear that people have, I am this, I am not, I am sporty, I am not sporty, I can't do this, I can't do that. And it's going back to the time, okay, well, when did this behaviour start to show up for you? And it's so often when when we're younger and we have particular experiences that send us this message that say, you know, you are one thing and you're not another. Um, I am, you know, that really... I I am shy, I am bossy, I am, a, you know, yes. whatever it is, it's so, we're complex yes. human beings and we need that yes. language and just exactly. notice where we're, yes. notice where we're stopping ourselves from yes. reaching potential. Totally. My favourite thing to tell people is, it is not a spectrum. You're not logical or creative. Yeah. You can be logical and creative. It might be different situations. It might be the same situation. You can be incredibly logical, but also very creative. Like we don't live in this linear, you are this or that. You can be this and that. You can be confident and shy. You know, you can be all of those things and everything in between. And, And I think we spend too much time going, oh, well, if you're really good at maths, you're probably not very good at art. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? So yeah, so this we we kind of need to remove ourselves from mm-hmm. this linear and go actually, you know, much like everything, like you say, we're humans and we all sorts of things and think we think and do and are able to do all sorts of different things at the same time. We are coming to the end of this episode and then we're gonna we're gonna try out this Instagram <laughs> live. But before yes. we finish off here, how do people find you? How do they get involved? Tell us all the things we need to know, Claire. Yeah. Okay. So the website is notonlypinkandblue.com. 
So that's where you'll find out a bit more about me, about not only Pink and Blue and also obviously the marketplace, shop, everything there. On socials, uh, we're not only Pink Blue, so no and in there, um, mainly because for Twitter you have to have a shorter version and it's like, well, we may as well keep the same for everything. So that's Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. I've got some brilliant downloadable colouring sheets actually that... And no, colouring sheets is one of my issues for stereotypes again. <laughs> you can find them on the site or on a link on Instagram as well. And download those if you need a bit of extra colouring during summer for your kids as well. So, um, so yeah, so do uh, come along, join up. I send out newsletters, got blogs, um, which will come to you again if you sign up on the site or through Instagram or Facebook. Then I can add you to the to my newsletter list, and you'll get those as well. Brilliant, and I'll put all the links in the show notes so people can find Thank you. you. Thank you so much. It's really, it's so fascinating. And there's, there's so much to talk about on this issue. And, it, and I feel like it's so connected to many, many, many other things as well. And Claire and I are going to do an Instagram live. You can hear that if you go onto my Instagram feed and look at the IGTV. So we will carry on this conversation. And thank you so much, Claire. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. I certainly did. And as I say, if you have any thoughts, if anything resonates with you, then please do get in touch. Tell me who you want to hear on this podcast. Tell me about issues you want to hear about. I am really open to listening. Come and join us in the Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, come and join the Do Good and Do Well community or sign up to my newsletter. I send a weekly-ish email out to you to remind you that you matter too. And there's some other bits and bobs in there and some thinking journaly type prompts it's where you can first hear about the special offers i have and that kind of stuff but more than anything take very good care <laughs>